people made you, they took away your life. But I almost feel in a weird way like you becoming the monster didn't start until you gave up on any possibility of getting any semblance of that life back. AOA, that's a triple play. New episodes of Kevin Way. Open your mind at the first gate. Press play, no need to debate. AOA, check me out. Look. Clock in, you can catch the hype. Golden Dawn, how we follow the light. Anime like life. Uh, married to my wife. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with my boys, Isaiah. Yo, yo, yo. And Gavin. Oh, what's going on? And today we are here to hit you with our deep dive analysis of the Tower of God webtoon season two, episodes 81 through 96. 95. 95. <laughs> Almost. I was literally like, had that look of, I got it this time. And Isaiah was like, no, you don't. I don't know idiot. why. I, I fucked that up like four times today. Sorry about that. I also feel liberated because I'm trying today's episode without headphones on. But maybe, I don't know. Maybe I just feel naked. We'll see what happens. Not in the like, way. Let's go get naked. It's like, relax. <laughs> Take it easy. Anyway, we're going to hop into the analysis of this. Um, if you missed the live stream, definitely go check that out where we had a blast reading through these chapters mm -hmm. just earlier. Mm -hmm. And uh, getting some great reactions out of that. A couple laughs, a couple serious moments. Emotions were, were flying high. Uh, it was a lot of fun in chat. So thank you again for everyone who did show up to that yes. stream. And if you haven't seen it yet, I highly 100%. recommend that you watch this before hopping into this video if you have the chance. If not, and deep dive analysis is more your take, here we are with it. So we are going to, uh, to hop into that. But make sure if you guys enjoy the content today that you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting that notification bell, sharing with your friends, and commenting your thoughts mm -hmm. down below. What did you think of these episodes? episodes of Tower of God. What did you think of our discussion and what do you think of the series as a whole? Definitely refer to our description where we have links to our community discord. You definitely want to join that so you can join the conversation with tons of brilliant, awesome people. And you could also try and put your opinions to the forefront. If we are having a deep dive analysis after our streams, you could comment what you think would be nice highlighted points to talk about. And we will take those into consideration just like the lovely people did today which is what we were talking about. So you could go there. If you want to support the show, you could hit us up on patreon.com forward slash AOA show, or that link is in the description as well. You can hit us up on socials. If you want to keep up to date with us personally or the show at large, keep up to date with live streams. If anything's going on, we're going to be switching a day, all that kind of stuff. That's the best way to do it. Or if you want to contact us as well, you could also listen to us on audio only platforms that Spotify, Google play, iTunes, all that kind of stuff. If you are on the go and you don't have a chance to watch the video. But anyway, without further ado, let's hop into the discussion. So the first thing we have, besides this a symbol of jihad, <laughs> if my phone decides to work, um, briefly going over Wang Nan's character development. Um, and by character development, I mean the fact that he actually kind of laid the hurt on someone. I mean, with the help of Kuhn, um, obviously. <laughs> but I mean, for someone who relatively had like no power, um, mm -hmm. you know, at least physically, it was really cool to see him put the ass whooping on these guys with some smarts behind it. And I was uh, wondering if you guys had any quick thoughts on that. A little quick thought. Yeah, Dude, no, how shoot. the fuck did these guys get so far? All right, so, so we're talking about the Wang Nan power, and I get it, you know, but like, I feel like that bad of a blind spot for them to have. Like, like, come on, you guys made it pretty far with like that glaring very glaring like weak point and i don't know like let's be real wang nam stopped him and granted he needed help from coon but like i was just really because they they pumped these two guys up and for them to have such a bad weak spot to where like they literally couldn't do anything i get the reasoning for it but i'm like you gotta wonder how some of these people just get so far when it's like yeah dude how like i, I thought it was interesting I that they were like 
okay, well, they do this to try and enhance the survival of their clan, right? Because I guess they're relatively weak exactly. like individually. But yeah. I thought to myself, and I'm like, if anything, this makes them maybe like more susceptible in a sense. And, you know, I would see, I could see if they're the real part of their body was on the outside so they could eliminate that blind spot mm-hmm. and then they could, you know what I mean? Like focus towards the middle type thing. But it was interesting that they chose to have their real body in the middle, yeah. hence blinding them. You know what I mean? I guess I thought it's because conceptually it was cool, but I just thought it was like a little weird where I'm like, why is it like I guess this? it's because their attack, like the beams of Shinsu that they shoot comes from the middle. Mm. You know what I mean? So For it sure. would make sense that like if their body's in the middle, well, it's like, yeah, the body's in the middle, but like then theoretically a normal person I would say yeah. would think it's like, well, fuck, how am I going to get past this Shinsu blast, which Wang Nan quotes as being strong enough to kill somebody in one hit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also think that like most of the people they probably faced are not your average, they're not your coons. Mm. Like, Coon was able to figure out the weakness, but, like, Coon is not a dumb person. Um, and I feel like I feel like it's a pretty glaring weakness, but I actually feel like not as many people would pick up on it as, like, at least of the That's people they've, they've faced yeah. so far. They might incinerate um, half the people they see. Yeah, yeah. Place. Or, like, I mean, it did even take Wang, Nan, and Coon, you know, a, a good 60 seconds, you know, <laughs> to actually be like, what the fuck's going on here? Um yeah. So, yeah, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I kind of – so I have a running theory about something about Wang Nan, but I think it's way more prevalent, rather, or there's more evidence when we get into something – when we get into him later. So I'll save it. But I think – I kind of think maybe there's something here, but I don't know. We'll, okay. we'll get into it later. Interesting. Interesting. So moving on, um, we have this very important quote by, um, by Beta here. Um, and it's in him telling Bam, he says, long ago, an irregular by the name of Enryu entered the tower and killed an administrator. It was a very shocking incident that broke the absolute natural law that administrators were immortal. This is a huge deal, <laughs> obviously, because, you know, it's like even Jihad was kind of, you know, kissing their shoes, as it were, like when he initially came sure. to the tower. He has yeah, contracts yeah. with these administrators. He has... Basically, all of his power, or most of the people's power, are derived from these administrators, you know, that they're making contracts with. So, the fact that Enryu came up and just straight up killed one is pretty damn impressive. There's no joke. And I think he's the one that's referred to when um, uh, when Yuri is talking with one of the other princesses at the very beginning of season two. Yeah. And she says, tell Bam to get, I believe it's the 70 fourth floor if i'm not mistaken or something around that number oh um, for even or even and meet floor? with inryu no 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 no, no? no that's no, Yurek. That's she Yurek. wants to meet with oh, that was Yurek? yeah it was Yurek. yeah because he's wolf hike song that's his thing yeah. he's got the thing on his back all right well his yeah. name is mentioned somewhere no they, they did they did in the beginning when they were like every time an irregulars comes to the tower like great chaos has came mm-hmm. and then she like quickly just listed off like some of the irregulars that were there and i'm pretty sure his was like the first okay. one. he was yeah, yeah, yeah i remember it was like him and then like planet tonics or something for the Planet second one, it, like, it was like a long word that started with the P, and then like Yurik, and then all right. Well, either like way, yeah his, yeah, his name has sort of been like softly floating in the back of my mind for a while now, and I and because he's sort of like the like the you know if if Yurik if Bam is like you know this touted irregular that could kill Jihad and fix the tower, and Yurik is a irregular capable of that, um, like Henry was the one who set the pace, right? This is like mm-hmm. the irregular who, as Beta says, changed the natural law up until his this moment, like, the power operated a certain way, and people just didn't think that it was literally possible at all to do this, but, like, killing it, an administrator sort of mortalizes them and puts them in this light where it's like, oh, wait a minute, things are not the way that people tell us they are. And so I think it's interesting that he uses... It. One, it's interesting, I'm wondering where he would have heard the story. I'm imagining probably, like, the scientist 
uh, what's the chick's name? Miss Sophia, so- right? Sophie. Um, yeah. Or Sophie. Uh, maybe she told him, um, or maybe he just heard it from. Yeah, I mean, to know, be fair, he's had like the stupid like Wikipedia brain that just knows where everything is apparently <laughs> and all the problems going on. Like <laughs> this Wikipedia. Like brain. we brought it up last time. We're like, how does this guy even know everything? He's like twelve, just left the office for the first well, time. He's know, like, I know the world. So we know uh, as far as the um, as far as Beta getting out of like his his cage, so to speak. Yeah. Um, that that was Casano. Yeah. That he didn't just escape on his own. Yeah, but even then, it's like they. That's it. We just know that he was in there and he escaped, and now he just knows everything. He's like, yeah, I know you're alive. Yeah, you're alive. This problem. This problem. From what like his dialogue. Like the implication is that like he's kind of like he just like it sounds. He's like a genius almost. No, not a genius, but that he like literally just takes in all the information from everybody that is talking around him. Because you gotta forget with him being experimental, he's basically around all those scientists like twenty four seven. If he's not in that cage. So I believe it's because that's all of the the things that he says sound like I mean that, that's stuff from all of those people. That's all the knowledge that they would have told him and or any of the other people that were being experimented on. That you know, would be cool if he had like a weird like connection with Emily in a way. I think you he know does. I brought him up like like that's almost like the knowledge thing. It's like a shared. I, I really think he could, does yeah. because when at least I mean from my knowledge. Um, like there's that one scene where he says, "I we have waited so long for this." One of his eyes is pink, and then the other is like yellow, which I believe is like you know we want to you know break this down into colors, I guess, or like you know some sort of reference point. Um, I believe like that's the side of him that's either yeah. connected to Emily or like maybe is a part of Emily. Yeah, um, I think there's a connection there yeah, too. I definitely think there's some. It explains his knowledge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But regardless, this thorn or needle or whatever you want to call it um, is strong enough in the hands of an irregular or maybe not as we see later, there might be some people that are like, no, nah, I think I can do it. AKA Karaka. Um, that it's, this thing is strong enough to kill a God essentially. Right. Cause this is basically what administrators are. So very interesting to see how that goes. And I also want to know what Enryu's beef was with that specific administrator. So he probably looked at him the wrong way or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, he probably so just took him what to do. Chocolate chip yeah. cookie. Yeah. Like, nah. I was just like, interesting. I, you I can't wonder go to what that, that was all about. He's like, the fuck I can't go to this floor. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that you're, uh, that you're like vibe. He's like, nah, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, probably. I guess so. You're in a regular, right? So then we get to everyone's, um, Everyone, the everyone's favorite cutest psychopath here, uh, which yeah, or snake as we like to call some of these blondes here. Which is funny because you were saying we need some good blondes. Yeah, yeah here uh, yeah. Wang Nan, well, we know somebody commented Wang Nan. Well, I think Wang Nan and Lero Ro are right? obvious, but I'm <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. about that's a, a woman. given. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, we did not get it no, no. <laughs> in May at all. No. We did not. Uh, I had, I had like a little here, glimmer of hope, and it just fucking maybe SIU is like, nah, I don't, I don't fuck with blondes. So anybody who reads these stories will also. Not fuck with blonde. Yeah, like, man. Shit. I'm gonna have like some post traumatic stress about that. You see a blonde, <laughs> yeah. you're like, get away from me. Yeah, down the street, like Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so her and Mad Dog and that squad essentially have been working for fuck this whole time, which yeah. was like, pfft, you yeah. know, because yeah, this yeah. whole thing was just mm-hmm. <laughs> reverse Uno card on reverse Uno card on reverse Uno yeah, card on yeah. reverse Uno card. The entire time it was like this yeah. grand chess, ma- chess match. And so it was awesome because every single time somebody made a move, as it were, it was like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, we were like, what the hell? Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it was, it was literally like, like death note levels of like, but this is the plan. Well, this is actually the plan. Like, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> it's funny, too, because I, I sort of got like my my uh, understanding of the situation got a little warped, I guess, just as we were reading the chapters and stuff. And I forgot for a second that um, and somebody cleared us up in our stream uh, that 
the fug that we're referring to here is not like fug. It's mm-hmm. not fug in its entirety. That they're actually essentially a corrupted sect of fug mm-hmm. that believes, you know, in obtaining this weapon, but not by means of giving it to, you know, this random Slayer nominee or somebody who they feel is not deserving of it, um, and simply using him as a literal tool so they can wield the weapon and give it to somebody who they probably are talking about uh, is Karaka. Um, but for a minute, I, I like start, I started to think, I'm like, why is Fug doing all this stupid? Because I started thinking back to like Ryun and like Ginseng. I'm like, this doesn't feel like their thing or something they would sign up to. Mm-hmm. And because they don't. <laughs> this is like, you know, the, the mini Fug who is like, nah, let's just kill everybody. It's like, all right, relax. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, but I, it's interesting because it's it's like now it's like like this Fug or, or you know, um, is like operating on their own terms, right? And now they're recruiting things like Mad Dogs Group. And like, it's interesting that I don't know how, um, I guess how much Mad Dog knows about like the, you know, the uh, the politics, if you want to call them that, of what's going on here, right? With like Fug being essentially split into two groups and like where everybody's allegiances lie and how Bam and his, his crew come into that. But again, we brought up the fact that like, if Mad Dog hates Fug, I don't think he does. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, the fug that he hates, as in the people he's working with, I think it's the original idea of fug that he hates. I actually don't think he hates yeah, fug at all. I think that was all. I think fabricated. that was a lie. Oh really? I think yeah. that's what they're using to purvey to to throw whoever off that scent. Oh, and then once wait, we realize that yeah. everything got flipped on actually, its head, it's like, oh no, he's yeah, working because all those mad dogs yeah. are fug people yeah, to yeah, begin yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah he just never sense. he never hated them to begin yep. with. So. I don't know. Pretty interesting. Everything's a lie. And we were like, damn, how are they going to get out of this? Yeah. But just like the evolution of this yeah. read through was they just had, like, like what the hell? I man? said it in stream. Like they got like spies in the toilets, bro. Like they literally had people planted mm-hmm. everywhere, like yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Yeah. That was wild. Um, so let's talk about Ryun, um, who, you <laughs> know, do it. very interesting character. Obviously we've known this since the beginning, but incredibly mysterious. And this is one of the reasons why I like her so much. Um, you know, just in general, because I love the amount the amount of mystery that shrouds her, and I also like how she's not the strongest person, or at least one of the female characters. Like, she's not a princess, right? So, like, there's a lot of times where, like, in Dorsey or whoever can kind of get out of situations just due to the fact that they are, like, overwhelmingly more busted than everybody else in the room. Ryun is not that. Um, Ryun is incredibly intelligent, though. And I, I think that... At this point, there might be people that don't even give her enough credit for the intelligence that she does have, but she's so aware of everything going on and so many cards at play on both sides. And that's why I personally like her a lot because it's hard to see exactly where her allegiances lie. But we get more into this later. Um, but she's really, she's you know, she's there for obviously the elder part of um, of Fug. Um, but also for Bam as well because we'll get into it later, but there are parts where she kind of, you know, she's swept up in this whole, like, you're my God thing. Um, but she kind of lets Bam have free reign at times when she knows it's not the best scenario. Whereas some other folks from Fug might be like, that's not flying, right? Especially the other sect, because yeah. they only want him there to begin with. But, like, thought it was very interesting. And she comes into play more later on, which we can talk about. I'm curious if anyone had any thoughts or predictions on where she goes. Do you think that it's all laid on the table based off what we read where it's like, okay, we already got it. She's like this thing it's done. Do you think there's more to it? Do you think there's something she's hiding? I think she's going to be playing a very fine line with bam having his freedom and also fog trying to attain their goals at the end of the day. So I think it's really going to come down to where she wants genuinely what's best for bam Mm -hmm. and like wants him to have happiness in a sense. However, 
his happiness is not going to come before what needs to be done in FUG in terms of slaying Jihad. So, like, at the end of the day, I think she's going to... Ha- if she needs to manipulate him in a way that reaches their goal, she is going to be more than willing to do that, whether she has to step on anybody's toes or not. However, she also does want Bam to be happy with the process and find internal happiness. So I feel like she just dips her feet in both ponds where it's like, at the end of the day, this is her this is her goal, but she isn't as ruthless to the path in terms of letting Bam have free will in a sense and, you know, be with his friends and like do things how he wants it to be done. But at the end of the day, you need to reach that end goal because if not, we got a problem. And yeah. that's just the type of character I think she is. And she's really been kind of playing to that yeah. um, in terms of like, you know, you're, she still refers to him as a God. So it's very obvious that those goals in her mind haven't changed. And the end route is jihad needs to die and you need to be the person that does it. Sure. But like the path to get there doesn't have to be, you need to live in deep, like deep deprived sadness with no friends and nobody. And you're just going to be a tool to do this. Like she wants him to have a free will. Yeah. That's my prediction with her. And I feel like it might get her into some trouble later on because I really do think that bam might stray away from that path of really wanting to kill Jihad because he doesn't necessarily well, he, yeah, need yeah. to, you know? <laughs> and then that's going to be a problem with Ryun because she's going to be like, yeah. I'd argue, he, I'd argue he's already, well, he's already there that he doesn't exactly. give a shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I think, yeah. I actually so. think what your prediction, I guess for her character is sort of where she is now. But I actually think that these chapters, uh, just the ones that we've read today, uh, allude to a change in her character where I actually think she might end up because I, I think the way that you described her thinking is exactly the way she thinks right now. But I think eventually her character will get to a point where she realizes that she can't be dipping her feet in both ponds all the time and expect the best results. That she's going to have to pick a side. And I I guess think slash hope that if I know anything about Bam and his friends that like her allegiances will start to sway towards Bam more so out of Fug. And I, I personally feel this way just because I feel like Ryun is... There, there's something about the way that, like, the people who operate in Fug and ob- talking about, like, her sect, so to speak, um, and the way they refer to him as a god, at least in, in, in the way that Ryun does it, that, like, seems a little bit more, like, personal than, like, business, where it's, like, something happened to her, somebody put her in the situation she's in, she was fucked over by somebody that operates this tower, and, like, to her, Bam personally isn't out. But it's not just the fact that, like, because he's an irregular and like, you know what I mean? He has like the, the technical, you know, uh, requirements, whatever. But I think she sees something in Bam specifically, whereas any irregular, let's just say, has the potential to overthrow uh, King Jihad and, and whatever and change the tower. But that there's a chance that those irregulars could become just as corrupted in the process. And I think she sees that there's this sort, there's this sort of purity to Bam. Um, you know, and, I, and there's a couple of things, I guess, that I think she could say that it's from but that just she sees something in bam that i think is eventually going to persuade her or let me put it this way i think she sees something in bam that could persuade her to sort of align more with bam's uh wants and needs versus fucks i don't know because the thing that always gets me on edge with this character is like she's very like she she doesn't i i can't like get a read on her 100 percent. you know what i mean every time i'm like yeah i think this would make sense to do. She like does the other thing or mm. like turns out she's had X, Y, Z plan in the back all along and was just doing this for whatever sake. So I feel, I want to say, I feel like she could go this way, but I honestly like, 
I don't know. You yeah. Know? She gives me, um, for any Marvel fans out there, Black Widow vibes, Natasha Romanoff. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, it's, it's really cool because it's like, she is weirdly, she's not a free agent, but she is. Like, so it's like she's bound to certain rules and parameters, i.e. fug, right, in the establishment. But it's like, she finds a way within those rules to kind of do shit her own way, at least the way I see it, in a sense. Yeah. And kind, But she's like very mature and present in like understanding hard truths and like understanding things that need to be done or understanding how to like manipulate and placate people and stuff like that. And I find her very interesting and it's like cool again, where she doesn't have this overwhelming abundance of power. I.e., take like black widow and the Avengers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like is still equally as badass and like yeah, all yeah, the things yeah. that she could do. And it's like, like that character, like kind of teeters the line between, you know, like okay, is this person good. bad? Is yeah, this person yeah. good? Whatever, because or like you know, Black Widow mean? was like a Russian like spy assassin. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like kind of the same deal going back and forth, and it's very, I again, it's so hard to get a read on her, like what she's actually about. That I find it to be incredibly interesting, and you know what I mean? Because her path is not linear in that yeah. sense. It's like I, think I have no clue what could happen. That's a good like point that I've been thinking about. Is that of all the people in this tower, right? Uh, for the most part, uh, talking about our main cast, the, the characters we know, their current trajectory like has to be up, right? Like mm. that's the thing. We have to go up to the next floor. We have to get to the top of the tower. But Reun's a guide. She can literally go anywhere in the tower. So I've always found it interesting that she would align herself with people like Fug, who have a very specific set uh, like goal and place they want to go. Mm. When, like, this is somebody who could literally be anywhere and do anything. So, I don't know. It's just, that's well, a thought that's always been in the back of my mind that makes me think, like, I think there's more to her character than, like, she's an agent of Fug. You and, know? and with that, the reason why she would become a part of Fug depends on what their goal is. So, if she really has something against Jihad and his ruling in the tower and the rules that are set in place and she wants to get rid of them, of course she would line with Fug because they want to get rid of Jihad. So, that's where it comes down to is... Is her, is her desire to dethrone Jihad and really have, like, a resistance in the tower, like, come a flush and everything gets thrown on its head, is that more important to her than Bam and his personality? And Well, I, yeah, I guess what I was saying is I, th I again, personally think, but I'm, I can't be sure, that somewhere down the line she starts to sort of come to the realization that Bam has where she's like, I want to dethrone Jihad, but, like, if the way Fug is trying to do it just ends up sort of reiterating a different version of this cycle. Like, that's not going to cut it. I want things to actually change. I want them to be different. And most importantly, I want to get to the top of the the top of the tower, but I want to do it with all of these people. You know what I mean? Sort of like coming that, that you know, shown-in protagonist, if you will, um, mm. effect yeah. that Bam yeah, has. Well, which they can do now that Bam has this power. So that's, that's like the whole thing where is she would never have that decision until they are able to break apart and be on their own where now they have Kuhn, who is able to build a really strong team on their own. You have Bam now, who has the power that they were looking for, essentially, to dethrone Jihad. Oh, yeah. So now they have all the means to where they can do that, Yeah. where prior they weren't able to. The only answer would be going through. Oh, yeah, no, like I'm yeah. saying, yeah. Th these changes would be coming, like, yeah. starting now. No, 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 that's forward. what I'm saying. I'm yeah. just giving a precursor to yeah. now they can do that moving forward. Like, right. the option yeah, yeah, yeah. is there yeah. because he has that Well, again, power. I find her interesting because it's like she can be very stone cold, right, yeah. when she needs to be, where it's like... Justice doesn't always cut it. You know, everybody doesn't get fair. Like, she's very mm -hmm. pragmatic in her way of thinking. But I do think that Bam is someone that's kind of softening her up in a, you know, in oh, a bit. Sure. Like, yeah. she definitely yeah. feels something for him, like you said, on a personal level more yeah. than just yeah. business at this point. Even when she so recruits her, 
when they when uh, Ryun and Jinsung initially meet Viol's team, you know, of weighing on everybody, um, she was one of the advocates for like, yeah, we were actually just planning to kill you guys, but Bam says he likes you, so we're gonna let you mm-hmm. guys stay. You know what yeah. I mean? And mm-hmm. I, again, I feel like yeah. there's this slow cracking at her wall. She has that talk with yeah. Bam too, where she's yeah. like, she knows how to. She it's almost like this weird like older sister mother figure like this sort of thing to bam but it's like a hard love kind of thing or it's like jinsung you know like walks out and he's like the kid's useless and you know ryun goes in it's like bam this way you know what i mean like you're gonna let your friends die like you're gonna do that you know and he like and he doesn't it's like what you weren't supposed to do that but she's like yeah i got it you know what i mean just like kind of gives i think that's what it is she sees like potential in him Mm -hmm. and i think amongst many of the people in fog she like actually might know how to tap into that. Yeah, you know? yeah. very interesting shit. Yeah. I love this character personally, um, which kind of plays into, like I said, um, her inevitable meetup now because they go obviously through the whole heist thing, which was <laughs> awesome. And we could just spend a whole episode talking about that. Incredible. Again, watch the live stream. Um, but we get to this point now where it's like uno card, uno card, uno card, and Ryun pulls basically like the final reverse uno card on... Um, on uh, Mr. Flex. Flex here, who I'm calling him, and uh, was like, yeah, your plan was shot from the start. Because they thought their plan was, they yeah, thought yeah, they yeah. flipped it on them, and it's like, your plan was shot from the start. We had everyone, and Ryun's like, actually, it wasn't our plan. So, <laughs> but we come to the realization now that uh, Mr. Flex here is the um, disciple of uh, Karaka. And basically says that he's the only, he's only recently become a slayer, but he's already plotted this whole scheme, etc. And that he is the one that's worthy to hold the weapon to smite Jihad, which is the thorn, i.e. bam, right? In that scenario based off their plan. So this was interesting, um, you know, his allegiance with him. And I feel like, I guess it was pretty obvious in hindsight, but it's like everyone who dresses like a Sith Lord is probably <laughs> yeah. in that weird little sect of fog. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you're talking about like, I don't know. You're talking about like gothic people. And then there's like people that's like, yeah, I like black eyeliner and like some nails. And then it's like, you know what I mean? And it's like the total like version of that. I think that's like, they just take it. They're like extremists. These people literally, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. they're literally Which extremists. It's interesting to me though, because in, you know, the lore of the tower, right? You have like it, like everybody understands like what the difference between a regular and an irregular is. And so it's interesting to me that like, if you know, like, I don't know, I guess in my mind, like, if I'm like, all right, in a regular, like, they're the only kinds of people that can even, that even have a chance at killing Jihad. It's interesting to me that Karaka could have built, I guess, such a following, but one that would be willing to go against Bam being the, you know, the the face of Fug or whatever you want to call it. Um, because for all intents and purposes, again, Bam, like, there's a, there's a gap in strength, right? Like, Bam, while he has the potential to, he might not be as strong as Karaka, currently speaking, um, but like, I don't know, to me, it kind of feels like training up like B level gear instead of like taking the time to train up S level gear. It's like, why would you, it's just interesting to me that like, that's who they would side with when I'm like, well, wait a minute, but we know like Bam has legitimate, a legitimate claim here, I guess is what I'm saying to like being the one that houses the, the thorn, right? Instead of Karaka. Well, I think that comes with the main intention where, you know, obviously Karaka is not stupid in the fact that he, he came up with this plan and it, if it wasn't for Ryun coming in with the contingency plan, not even Kuhn saw this shit coming. So right. like, that's a plus for Karaka. But what I also think is happening is he manipulated the fact with the older fugs because that was the two contentions that they brought was, do we let Bam house this or do we actually implant him inside of it and have it for Karaka's use? And the reason why they went with that plan was because Bam isn't at the point of development in his life 
to where he could easily just gain this power and use it against Fug. And that was the whole problem where they're like, do we let him have this power? Because if we do, he can very easily turn it against us if we don't have him with an iron grip, you know? Yeah. And that's where that's Karaka true. was like, hey, this kid, like, he's loyal to his friends. They're, like, his number one. He's willing mm -hmm. to destroy anything, anyone for him. So, like, if we give him this power, he's going to fuck us up because, yeah. you know, we've been, we did all this shit to like him. Yeah. An allegiance to Fug is what they want, and since Bam doesn't have that and Karaka does. Like, exactly, right, and Karaka kind of manipulated them in that fact where he's like, this kid's going to get the power and run with it, so let me run with this plan. I got it all laid out, and I will be the one with this power, and, you that know, we're homies. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. It's really fucked up, but that, like, just says something for Karaka, dude. Like He's like the young prodigy he's, startup, and yeah. he's like, you know what I mean, besides Bam, that is. Yeah, and it's like you know and he's on like coon level thoughts that. right now, so it's like uh, yeah, no, he's definitely very you know. menacing for sure. And I think somebody had said before that he refers to Jinsung as master, but that he's he's um, potentially even stronger than him, being that mm -hmm. he is ranked as a slayer. Yep. like he, you know, Jinsung was just his teacher when he was coming up. Yep. So like, I don't know how true that is or whatever, but point is, he's very powerful and he's clearly very intelligent mm -hmm. because you got to think too, even though his plan didn't you know turn to fruition. Like, you had all of the above elders and stuff that were kind of scheming against him, knowing that, that was a mm -hmm. thing. And clearly, being that they're elders, you know what I mean? Like, they've been around the block. You know, yeah. so it's like, uh, you know, like, Karaka, in the grand scheme of things, seems pretty young. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Comparatively speaking. Uh, and he just doesn't trust that. He's like, I think I could do this better. You know? He's like, I don't think Bam has what it takes. He's a rookie. And yes. I would have to assume that when they are, once they get this thorn... I would assume that now that Bam is here and, like, things are moving, right, it's like their plans are going to – they're going to snowball. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, we got to kind of, like, get this moving now because, like, we're kind of an interesting group in the sense that we could just be kind of, like, axed at any moment. We have pretty powerful enemies, yeah. and it's like we can't just flounder around. You know what I mean? Like, the longer we wait to do this, mm -hmm. Bam could be found out. You know, our members could be killed off, et cetera. There might right, be, yeah, you know, yeah, moles yeah. in the group. And don't forget all Bam's friends are being tracked mm -hmm. by Fug. So that also adds a thing of they're gonna be they're gonna be getting chased everywhere they I go. I wonder yeah. I wonder if this will lead to an altercation, and I suppose it will in some uh sense, between the two sects of Fug. Right? Because my whole thing with Fug so far has been that essentially while the group while the main intention of the group has like started out being like, no, we want to do this thing for the tower and like for the people that live here. Um, the problem with housing a group is like, if it gets big enough, it's impossible to control every single person in it. Mm -hmm. So this has always seemed to me like their most immediate problem, which is that like, you guys are just a little too big. You're recruiting too many people and not all those people share your ideals or share the methodology behind getting those ideals the exact same way. Um, so I'm curious to see if this becomes an ultimate, you know, sort of conflict between Fug, where it's like we're gonna have to resolve this sort of like inner group, you know, mm -hmm. situation before we can even worry about you know what's going on with the outside tower and and whatnot, and whether Bam and his friends will will help with that, how much they will, you know, I don't know, but yeah, for sure. So let's talk about Bam actually getting the Thor, <laughs> right? That because was this was the whole scheme that it's like we're gonna yeah, melt yeah, yeah. Bam or we're gonna save Bam, and we're gonna imbue him in the weapon, or he's gonna be able to control it, and Bam's able to control it, you know, with the help of everyone, obviously. 
Um, a lot of MVP players. We got uh, Brovic or Novik uh, saying there, right, you know, next to him. It was funny when he put his his finger in the in the keyhole, and I think that was a joke because I think Bam yeah. opened it from yeah. his side. Bam he's like, blasted the door he's down. Like, with no Shinsu. way! <laughs> like, when he put his finger, like Novik is just such. I say this all the time, but I, like I just can't get over how funny his character is in a way where he's not even trying. You know what I mean? It's like he's yeah. not technically there as the comedic relief, as far as I see it. He's not like a a rack or whatever, or Shiba Su that's like yelling and doing all this stuff. He's literally just like a normal dude, but like stronger than well, your kinda, average dude. I you kind of think so he funny. is a little bit like of comedic relief and not in the sense that Rack is because Rack is very like, you know, 15 out of 10, right? Mm. Where he's like over the top and sure. stuff. Um, but like, you know, there's more than one way to be funny or tell a true, joke. True. I think that like, again, even if you think about the dynamic between someone like Novik and Horhang, you know, Horhang is very, like, takes everything incredibly seriously. And Novik's like, oh, fuck this, dude. You know, like, it's like, that's, like, that's, yeah. a, you know, there's a level yeah. of, like, sort of relatable realism that he brings to scenarios where everybody else is like, we've got to do this serious yeah. thing and serious things are at stake. And he's like, well, I don't fucking know, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, he's like, he's just a, he's, he's just, just a bro. <laughs> and he's, like, really strong, though. You know, yeah, like, yeah. where we are in the story right now, he's, like, his strength kind of gets not necessarily overshadowed because he did put the hurt on a lot of people. Even in these panels, yeah, he just I feel like it's a thing where shit. he just doesn't get as much screen time. Yeah, exactly. Um, as, but you know. it's interesting because it's like you know he's just he's just so funny because he always finds himself in these situations where it's just like, all right, whatever, dude, I'll just yeah, like, talk yeah. shit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. What it is. I don't know. And he's like, yeah, I'll help you. Coon's pretty dope, so I want to save Coon. And like you know, Bam's your boy, so yeah, like, whatever. He's a good, you know? and, and, and you know, also that the fact that and I guess this was you know. I don't know how much of this was part of the pl the overall plan or whatever, but like Novik was sort of like Bam's, you know, um, liaison, right? While he was in this group, ever since Novik mm -hmm. joined, he was, you know, sort of the one that was like helping Bam, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it was like securing that meeting with his friends or, or you know, whatever. He's been like the, uh, you know, the guy that Bam can go to. And, sure, and, yeah. You know that I like. He's he's a good guy. You know yeah. what I mean? He like he's got a good head on his shoulders and he yeah. knows like what. To stand up for. For stuff. sure. I love him. But anyway, let's talk about Bam getting the thorns yeah, <laughs> ability. Yeah, right? It's not like he's a protagonist of the story, but uh, getting the thorn and coming in to save Horyang and Novik, who are fighting that level 85 robot thingy mm -hmm. and a patrol unit. And uh, yeah, so he's got the, the power now, but he doesn't obviously have a full grip on it. And we haven't necessarily seen what the hell the thorn does necessarily, except that it unravels a little bit when he was doing what yeah. his thing is. So like, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's, I kind of feel like that thing that's floating on his back, like literally unwraps, mm. you know, once it's in like its final form mm. or it's, it's controlled form or whatever that is. Um, and that, I, I, but to be honest, I don't even know, like, I don't know if it's just going to be a thing of like, it enhances his control of Shinsu or if it's like, like, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know if it's going to be something that amplifies Bam's abilities or if it adds on abilities that Bam just doesn't have to begin with, yeah, right? Yeah. What do you I think, think it might do both, and I really yeah, also think it's just going to be a big-ass fucking spe a spear. Yeah. I think like it's the one, the one that Bam got caught next to, you uh -huh. know, that like that was it in its full form. Like, that was yeah. the shell of it. So, like, they mentioned this little, the little form of it. That's like... That's the case that holds it. It's container, not. Right. Yeah, it's the container yeah. for it. So, like, eventually, when you can control it and unleash its power, that thing's gonna be like a fucking like like up into the sky, and he's just gonna fucking right. yeah, yeah. I think like, it, 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 it can like morph and change size. Oh, yeah, the at thing's will, gonna be huge, um, and that he'll be able to oh. like change it to whatever size or or weapon. You know, like that's the thing. I don't even know like what 
you know, because it's so new. I don't know what laws it follows. Like, I don't even know what yeah. kind of weapon this would classify as. If it's, like, something that, like, can just morph into any weapon. If it's something that, like, you know. Because, again, when we saw the, uh, you know, the fake Thorn, right, that he was given. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Bam, it was essentially used as, like, an amplification thing, right? Where Bam was just able to use it as a substitute for Shinsu and fight with it. Um, but I think the real Thorn, obviously, is a lot more complicated than mm-hmm. that. And that it, like, you know, it might do both, you know, where it's, like, it's something he can use to yeah. amplify his own abilities. But also, like, straight gives him new powers or whatever. You know, I don't know. But I definitely, obviously, I guess there's going to be stages to it, right? Where he's not just going to, mm-hmm. like, open it up and fucking, you know, yeah. go ape shit. Like, he's going to have to, like, learn yeah. to study. Which was annoying because everybody was trash-talking Bam. They're like, you have the new Thorn and you're blah, blah, blah. Like, you're not using it. And it's like, bro, he literally just got it. What do you think? He's going to be a master of it? Like, I don't know why that just kept on annoying I'd like me. to see you use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're literally like, oh, you can't use it to its full ability. And it's like, he just fucking got it. Like, the dude doesn't even know what it is. Like, give him a break. Picture like, Gavin with the whole crew while they're running away. And they're like, you can't even use it through. And Gavin's like, bro, relax. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real. Like, what do you want him to do? Yeah. It's not like if you had the power, you'd know what to do with it. Yeah. Like, What's just, interesting also that. is that when Ryun, you know, finally pulls her ultimate mm-hmm. Uno flip card um, on uh, Fle- Mr. Flex and, and she's talking about the thorn they're like yeah we trapped him in here and we're gonna wait till he you know we're gonna melt this dude down and like you know turn him into a tool to use the weapon and she's like oh no 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 this game was over the second you got him in that room because all we need is him to be close to the room and the thorn like resonated with the container that he had mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm also just as far as what the thorn can do I'm interested to learn more about like the history of it right like what its existence in the tower has been um, I think it's alluded to that like uh, Enryu once used it, right? Or or one of the irregulars, the thorn. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so like you know, like what happened? You know, like did he, you know, and why did why does he now not have? You know, like I'm curious to learn what this thing is, where it's been, what it's done. You know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, should be dope. Yeah, very cool. Uh, so let's talk about the. Uh, yeah, let's talk about it, <laughs> Gavin. What are we thinking here? Well, for those of you, Bro. I just realized there are people that are listening audio only. Let's talk about. <laughs> I'm sorry, because I, I use this for effect. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the monitor in silence. Like, we're talking about. Uh, swipe. <laughs> we're talking about uh, Wang Nan getting stabbed by Beta in the uh, kind mm-hmm. of the whole big battle here. Anyway, go on. Um, I'm going to refer to what I said in the stream. And that is, it's a prank, and it will always be a prank. <laughs> and I am so happy I stuck with that mindset because it was a fucking prank. And if you do that one more time, SIU, <laughs> just look at that picture, and, like, that's all you need to see. <laughs> okay. All I'm saying is I'll be behind you, <laughs> and Wang Nam is you. But it's a prank because you won't die, but... <laughs> It's a prank, bro. It's a prank. Bam, Mar- <laughs> Bam Margera's gonna walk in <laughs> with the MTV fucking prank crew. <laughs> bro, I like it's wow. a prank, bro. Yeah. Dude, that was like a blast from the past right there. Yeah, I haven't dude. heard that name in ages. Oh my dude, god. I'm telling you. It's not it's wow. not Bam. You know what's like weird upon looking at it? Just like you could see his little fingers, like the three fingers poking through him. I didn't notice yeah. it before. I thought it was a sword for some reason. And I'm just like looking at it. I'm like, yeah, that's it's adorable, actually guys. really <laughs> gross. Like when you think about it. Yeah. That's yeah. one sharp ass hand, dude. It's, yeah. So well, I'm sure it wasn't just his hand. I know, but like. I think it might have been. I think it might have just been like, you know what I mean? Like, he's well, what I'm saying is that Shins, like he's using oh, Shinsu. Oh, to oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like yeah. still, dude, like I don't know. That's yeah. that's ballsy. But like I couldn't believe this shit. Like when we saw the panel, I was like. Yeah. And you know what? We had oh. buildup from like people in our Discord being like, yo, there's stream, like bringing tissues. And I'm like, all right. Like, what? I now, don't want to do this. They were pranking you, though. And then this happened. And it, my first instinct was like. 
like you know, just fucking this is way, that's Wang Nam, bro. Like, they're not yeah. gonna kill Wang Nam. But then I, I, I started thinking about it. and I'm like, why am I saying that? I have literally no evidence to back up the <laughs> fact that at any moment they could just kill. What I, I don't know SIE. I don't know what his plans are for this case. Like this could be the last time we see this nigga like ever. And then I like got all emotional and I started rethinking life choices. Well, everybody in the chat was like, f in the chat, f in the chat, and FFF. And I'm like, nah, yeah. you're literally pranking me. He's gonna be fine. Yeah, and he is gonna be fine. He there's a few characters. It was wow. funny because I. There's so many characters we've met up until this point where I'm like, yo, I kind of stands like almost every single character. Like when I think about it, but this happened and immediately, bro, there were like five niggas that jumped in my head. I'm like, kill them off. Not him. Like <laughs> get rid of them. I don't even care, but you can't take Wayne on from me. Don't do it. It's not fair. It's not, it's not right. I, I was good. I read the story. I did everything. That I was like, I got the sacrifice. Just let him live, please. <laughs> oh man. I was, yeah, it sucked. So yeah. I have a theory about Wang Nan. Shoot. Could be a hundred percent bogus boopa. But bogus Boopaga. <laughs> Boopaga, that's a new Somebody one. Somebody quote yeah. that. Bogus Boopaga. But, um, <laughs> I think, so somebody in, in, when we were, when I was getting these, uh, like, you know, facts and things to talk about for mm -hmm. this episode, um, the specific quote or, or uh, statement, whatever you want to call it here, is it says, what's up with Wang Nan? Beta stabbed him through the heart. Shouldn't that have killed him? I think there's a reason that that stabbing him in the heart didn't kill him, and I think that there's something about Wang Nan that like there's more to him power wise than even he knows about. Um, so way back when we first met Wang Nan in you know beginning of season two, um, you know he comes in with the whole arrogant schmuck of like I'm good, I'm the next king of Jahan. Oh, like, I, you know, you've told me this. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yep, it's one I, I brought up before, yep. and I think this moment kind of reinforces. Well, it tell me because you didn't tell me this. Like, where it's like I think he might actually be. The next, like he might be a descendant of Jihad. Oh, but I yeah. think what it yeah. is is it's kind of like the deal with Anak, where he's not like a full pure blood descendant of Jihad. Rather, he has part. You know, he has uh, you know, a small section mm -hmm. of it. Um, but it's enough to where like he has you know, no matter how dormant they are, these very very latent abilities that would allow him to survive something like a stab in the heart, which would be lethal to almost any living creature. <laughs> um, or and I forget where. Because when I brought up the theory last time, I had there was something else that happened where I was like, the only where I was like Wang Nan did something, and I was just like, I was like, oh wow, that's like I was like that's weirdly powerful, I guess, or, or specific. It's not something that I would have pegged Wang Nan being able to do. But I'm like, me, I think what's happening is because it's funny I brought this up during the stream. Um, he reminds me of this character John uh, Arc from Ruby, where like I think he has abilities, but they're so specific and they're so dormant that they, he's not able to, like, tap in or flush them out, you know, like most other characters we have here. Um, but it's, like, put in these, like, extreme dire situations, like almost dying, um, you know, sort of, like, kickstarts them. And, like, you know, and, and, and something happens. And, I, again, I don't know what these abilities are, really. I don't know what they what the specifications of them are. I don't even know how much they relate to Jihad. But I, I do strongly think that, like, from panel one of meeting him, that, like, that whole, you know, Thing combined with his attitude of like I'm the next king of jihad is supposed to be like a red herring of like all right so you're not but it's like what <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know bro I, I I think I think again could be bogus boopka <laughs> but I I think there's a claim here to where Wang Nan might be a little bit more onto some stuff than uh, than you know the story leaves. I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I think there's definitely something special. Number one, the fact that he even made it this far. But we have established that, you know, with his team and all that kind of stuff has definitely brought him. And Kuhn has definitely been a huge help for him. <laughs> yeah, like, huge. <laughs> yeah, especially in these last couple arcs here. Kuhn's been insanely helpful to Wang on. But, yeah. um, 
Yeah, I think there is something as yeah. well. And then especially the kind of another little giveaway with it, other than, you know, the red herring in the beginning about I'm the king of jihad, but like when they showed the ring and it was the jihad yeah. ring, you know, that was yeah. like, I think like another I really red think flag it's where like it's jihad like. Jihad got rid of him, but yeah. like somehow, some way he kept that ring. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I I almost am willing to like bet stuff that like there's there's something there, man. No, like, yeah, I, I feel like yeah. it's too crazy for it to just be like, no, oh, no. He just Although like, I got to say, that is not the fucking heart. That heart's like right there. This is like, come on, <laughs> really? Yeah, that's below his fucking nip, dude. That's like, it's like right here. Your heart is like, your, your heart, heart is like, like right here. It's like, it's in here. Your is heart, it that low? Yeah, yeah. Like right it's right definitely. It yeah, it's higher. not. No, no it's, it's not definitely. Here, it's yeah, like, no, it's like right yeah. under your boob. And I want to put it this right way: if you didn't go through the heart, yeah. I'm sure that that wound would have still, like, hit the heart enough for it to. Yeah, and he's also on a downward angle. So he went yeah, on that angle and it came out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's on the angle, I can see. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get into the <laughs> forensics of he's this real quick. Kneel- he's also kneeling or leaning. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the angle, which is that, and he's yeah, leaning I over the so. thing. You know what I'm saying? I don't and know why it just looks like it low. low. It's lower than it is, but he's really yeah. coming down. Okay. You know? Anyway. <laughs> um, but regardless, I mean, he's alive. Kevin's like, he's, that's not even a bad injury when you think about <laughs> it. <laughs> well, no, I'm like, look at him. Like, it doesn't look like his heart, but I guess if it is on an angle going down, that would make sense why it's lower than like it should be. Yeah. But either way, this was definitely crazy because, again, I was like, I immediately jumped to my denial defense of like, no, wait, no it's, it's a it's prank, fine, dude. That's knows. all it is. But it's then I was like, I started thinking about it and I'm like, no, like I'm scared because there's no, I have no real evidence to back up the fact that they like, because I don't know, I, you know, he could be dying. <laughs> like, I don't know, you know, but then the homie rat comes in with the save and you're like, yeah, so that's what I want to talk about the kind right. of this whole fight. So I have a couple panels here of some of the o, the OGs that they came out um, in this fight, namely rack. Uh, Loral, who finally did something, and it was very important what he did, and uh, Yeon and her character development in so far as this fight is concerned, um, was really cool. I I know I like fuck around and gush about Rack, but just on a very uh, on an objective level, I loved Rack in these in these uh, chapters that we read today. I thought he was fantastic, oh, yeah, and like I I was always saying in the beginning that I was like, dude, I really hope like just once Rack gets his due, and people were saying like I remember they were like, ah, yeah, it's not really. I would disagree. Like, exhibit A, like, this is what I meant. You know, I didn't mean he had to, like, kill Jihad. I just meant that it's like he does something that's, like, incredible or, like, shows off his shit. And it's like, he really did in these chapters. He is way stronger than I even gave him credit for because I didn't know if it was, like, a very comedic relief thing where it was like, okay, he looks it, but he's not, you know, because looks are very deceiving in this tower, like, incredibly. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, that's fine. But he's, like, incredibly strong. Like, he moves at insane speeds, first of all. He's able to not die against beta effective immediately, which a lot of other people don't get the luxury of doing. So in and of itself, that's impressive. Um, And he really just came in for like some incredibly clutch saves in these chapters. Uh, I loved it, man. It was really cool. And I liked, and I loved, um, there's a panel before when we finally see him go big again, when he's fighting the two other guys. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which was really awesome to see, but it's cool how he's incorporating, you know, the small and large form for like different modes, you know, yeah. in the, in that respect, um, you know, and how much he's just been like a homie for everybody on, on this team, like how Bam has had such a profound impact on him since the beginning of the story that he's willing to put life and limb on the line for not only Bam, but people that are closely related to Bam, i.e. Wangnan, you know, yeah, as yeah. well, which is really cool how they mm-hmm. kind of assimilated Wangnan into yeah. this group. I also really like the, uh, you know, I don't know what budding friendship between him and Yeon. Yes. Love um, it. I think that amongst Yeon's character growth, like that pairing her with someone like Rack specifically is really cool. Cause it's like, he's sort of the, 
in a weird way, like the the best kind of antithesis for someone like Eon, mm-hmm. where Eon has is her her sort of arc here is like learning to be more conservative, right, with her powers or learning how to like aim essentially mm-hmm. this power because right now or at least before this or it, believe in herself. Yeah, well, that's what I, what I mean. It, yeah. Like it's been very sporadic and it's these large, you know, overarching attacks and stuff, but you can't really, you know, zero or hone anything in. And Rack is kind of like the best guide for that, right? Because I mean, this man could throw a spear from miles and miles and miles <laughs> away. Like Rack, it, but also I think Rack gives her the much needed like push of confidence to be yes. like, no, mm-hmm. like just do it. Go mm-hmm. go do that thing. Like you you know, because again, with her learning about her powers, there was obviously a lot of doubt, you know, when we learned way well not way back last week in our chapters that like the reason Yan's powers activate the way she does is because she she doubts herself. She doesn't believe that she can control this power. Mm-hmm. And so it's you know, it's cool seeing her pair up with someone like yeah. Rack who can kind of push her and be like no, just just do it. Just 100%. Like, I awesome. love their pair up. I think somebody asked her like, "Who are your favorite duos?" Because we had we had, yeah, um, had Horyang and Novik. We had mm-hmm. Rack and Yeon. We had I don't know. We had a bunch of people like a bunch uh, of like duos. You know one? what I mean? And it, there was oh, another it was, squad um, too. Why am I drawing a blank on uh, this? Blitz and oh yeah, oh, Wang Nan and Quantro. Yeah, 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 which yeah. was really cool. There were some awesome like duos going on here, and they were all amazing in their own right. And it was funny how they all played off each other and their synergy. But I do have to say that I think my favorite one out of these yeah. was Rack oh, and yeah. Yeon, and just how they're how Rack is helping her grow in that respect, but also how we're seeing like Rack come to the forefront. It was really cool. So Rack was not the only MVP, although he was a big mm-hmm. one in this whole arc here. Um, but we also had, like we said, Yeon as well, um, who was able to uh, fry the worm after Loral was able to see it inside yeah. Beta. So actually, let's talk about Loral real fast. Screw the panel for a second. <laughs> um, sorry, I didn't have a good shot of Loral. Long story. But anyway, um, Loral, mm-hmm. Gavin, let's talk about Loral. So what was awesome about Loral Don't is worry. not only is he a fucking <laughs> G, but he snaps out of his nap looks over at Beta and was like, bro, what the fuck is inside you? Like, <laughs> like he, right off the bat, didn't even skip a beat, and they had that really cool panel where you, like, see inside of his, mm-hmm. like, you see through his body and see, like, the yeah. worm going around. And then pretty much he was like, I can confuse its mana or whatever and, like, force it to, like, pretty much just rattle up Beta's brain. It. Just yeah, tortures yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> just, and, like, forcibly out. makes Beta vomit it out of its system, which yeah. was fucking sweet. I'm like, Laurel, what are you doing, bro? Like... Oh, I just love him. He needs to be up a little bit more, but I can respect. I can respect, <laughs> yeah, I can respect the naps. Like, yeah, he's he's really cool because uh, I, I think somebody in the Discord put it best. Where it's such a great example of how unique and how specifically unique all the characters in Tower mm-hmm. of God are. Where it's like everybody who is like powerful, you know, cannot just one man army. You know, the whole tower, right? Or everybody that is a threat, but like combined. Everybody has such like a specific skill set that like utilized correctly, and mm-hmm. this is why it's so great that they have characters like Kuhn who can essentially play this game of chess the best and know how to. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is effectively what he was doing this whole fight, right? Was making sure everybody was d- doing what they could do and was where they needed to be, yeah. you know, to best fa- fend off against Beta. Is that like, Lor- like you know, Laurel combined Laurel against Beta? Might have gone differently than like Yeon against Beta or even Rack against Beta. But oh it's yeah, like, they would have lost one. Right, oh, but it's yeah, like yeah. the three of them together held Beta off, mm-hmm. right? And and yeah. you know whether that was five minutes or whatever, it's like there is something to be said for like none of these these characters are you know they're. It's funny that this this show in the series like touts the idea of the tower, right? Which is like you have to ascend, uh, you know, at any cost, right? Or like to get to the top, it's going to require you to do some, you know, to step on people or to to uh, ascend at the cost of other people. 
where I would argue that like, you know, again, and this is sort of backed by like BAM's philosophy, I guess, where it's like, you need these people. To, you're not going to make it to the top of this tower without people, right? I mean, it's, it's the strong bonds and synergies that like these characters have learned to form with each other that like, I would argue is the only reason that they're here, you know, still and not dead from somewhere or somebody else. And it's like, not only again, you know, and this is very just good as far, as far as a story note, but like the characters don't just learn how to fight better from each other, but they learn how to like be better, like literally get Mm -hmm. better as people from each other. And it's like, it's, it's so apparent seeing it in the scene here when like everybody gets to finally sort of like mesh the way they're supposed to. Um, Yeah. It was was just dope. Yeah. It was really cool. So going back to, to Yeon for the, you know, again, now we're on the panel um, and kind of her character development. We kind of already just talked about it, but I thought it was really cool that she was able to, you know, kind of find herself in that mm-hmm. and like actually provide a very useful service in that moment. I also want to talk about real, just real quick, how freaking funny it was when Rack number one uh, called her too skinny. When that, when that guy was like, when that guy's like, ooh, that chick, he's being a weirdo. And she's like, in your dreams, creep. And Rack's like, her? She's skinny as shit anyway. She's like, she's not even attractive. And he looks at her like, I got you. Like, don't worry, I won't let this guy pick on you anymore. She's like, hey! <laughs> she's yelling at him. That was hysterical. Just like the cultural divide between Rack, who is a race of crocodiles, crocodiles. or whatever. Guess, yeah. Although he claims he's not a crocodile. And human and humanoid human beings and stuff like that. It was just hilarious. And then when he refers to her as Bam's, Bam's wife, wife, yeah, I was <laughs> that, say, was that was so funny, dude. Like when he's like, "Yeah, I'm his friend, and this is his wife." And she's like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> dude, yeah. the relationship was great. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Again, it's like I I think there's there's something to be said for like the the pairings, and this you can even trace back to. I don't know so much about. Well, I, no, no, I think there's even an argument with, with, with people like uh, Jorhang and Novik, but it's like these pairings that we saw in these chapters allude to this idea of like how well these characters sort of like flesh out the, the gaps in, you know, any character's uh, personality, I guess, or their traits, where it's like Yeon is, is very like, I'm somebody from a noble family, right? Like, I have these standards. And Rack's like, ah, fuck that noise, dude. Like, throw a spear at that nigga and shoot that nigga and kill this. Like, you know, like, just whatever. He's all over the place. And it's like, it. so it's like, it lets, it sort of, like, teaches her, again, like, this general confidence boost, but, like, how to just, like, get out there, like, get out of your head, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and just do whatever. And it's like, even you see with uh, Wang Nan and, and um, Quattro, where it's like, Quattro is this literal live wire, right? Like, he's an actual psychopath that loves burning things and, and just killing for the sake of burning. Um but Wang Nan, with his, you know, his talk no jutsu, is able to, like, get Quattro to come around and be like, yo, like, you know, we're part of this unit here, right? Like, you, you're going to be here. you got to be part of this unit. He's like, okay, I'll do it. And it's like, oh, oh shit, that was easy. Yeah. Um, and, like, with Novik and Horhang, you know, they kind of have this, like, bro, bro kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. going on where it's like, you want to do this? Yeah, let's do this. And they just, like, kind of <laughs> fucking go at it. Um but, like, I don't know. There, there's something that's, like, really... It's really nice and I, just a little bit repeating, but, like, just the way that these characters um, enhance, you know, any characters that they're on screen with. I think it really says something for, like, the writing of, of these characters where it's, like, never have we gotten to a point where, like, two characters come on our panel and I'm, like, all right, can we just, like, skip to the good character? Because yeah, yeah. it's, like, it's just a joy to watch any of them interact. And, like, I sort of thought that was going to happen with, like... Yeon and Misang and like that whole crew once we got back to the the OGs that we know from season one um but it didn't they've all like I feel like they've all integrated so well and so quickly into this bigger unit now that it's like any of them they're all and this was a firm, firm example I feel like Yeon's somebody that you easily could have left to the curb so to speak and been like yeah and she like learns how to do ultra fire stuff now and she's good or whatever but it's like no we're taking the time to like hit all these characters mm-hmm. Yeon included and be like 
no, this like she's a real person. You know what I mean? These are yeah. her flaws. These are things, and like this, much like every other character, the way she overcomes that is by just trying. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's really awesome, and it's cool to see people like Wang Nan and the characters that are so inspirational. To the, you know what I mean? Are able to pull together this team of people that were, you know, misfits or kind of numbskulls like your racks and like, you know what I mean? Like misguided and very, you know, driven, but for the wrong purposes. And yeah. having Kuhn even, Kuhn even says it with Wang Nan where he's like, A, your unbridled bravery is like either stupid or very respectable. I haven't decided yet. But number two, like you show signs. That, he doesn't say it to him, but he says it in his head, like he shows signs of a leader. Like oh, yeah. I can see it. 100%. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's going to be really cool. I maybe also a king. Yeah. Maybe John. a king. We, we were saying like Kuhn and Wang Nan, you know what I mean? Could definitely be like, like Bam, Bam is like, you know, whatever, like just chilling there, the muscle technically yeah, yeah, if he yeah. wants to be, but like not in that respect, you know? No, no, yeah, yeah. And then Wang Nan is just, you know, the king by right or whatever. And then Kuhn is the advisor and it's like his cool oh, squad. Dude. And Rack's just there for comedic relief or whatever. But yeah, He's right. Jester. Yeah. This was an awesome shot. I love, this is one of my favorite <laughs> shots in the panel where uh, Rack has Wang Nan in his arm and then they all just crash down because uh, yeah, Loral yeah. just has this like awesome bubble shield that he just gets <laughs> to use on command, which is like, wow, that's really convenient. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I just pictured Kuhn up there playing, you know, in Star Wars, when they're in the uh, the, the Millennium Falcon, yeah, the hollow yeah, chest yeah, where they're yeah. just like moving. The, yeah, that's what I mean I that pictured. is that is essentially what he does, right? Where he's like, I know, Lair like, or having Laurel in front of them when he uses Shinsu Blast is effective because he can control. Like, you know what I mean? It's like that stuff where it's like, oh no, um, like in Rack because he's a lot more of an offensive character. Like, he, like there's there was a lot of planning in the fight that, like, mm. again, it's great that they had somebody like Kuhn who, while everybody has specific abilities, Kuhn was able to be like. All right, no, no, you're good at this thing, so I need you here. You, like, I know you can do this, so I yeah, need, yeah. you know what I mean? It's really cool. Yeah. Very impressive. Um, and then we get to the last talking point here, which is kind of the <sighs> the last scene that happens Fuck. where Bam fights Beta. I want that shit on the shirt, bro. <laughs> For real. Fights Beta, 1v1, and um, basically... I guess triumphs over him, at least for now, like unless some crazy shit happens, yeah. we don't know. But, and basically tells him, he's like, why are you doing this? And Beta's like, cut me a break. Like, this is all because of you. Mm -hmm. They wanted to do this. So all these people died. And Bam kind of hits him at the end with, listen, dude, you never hated me specifically. This wasn't about me. You just wanted someone to hate. You just needed somebody to hate. And like that line, I read it twice during the stream because I was like, for anyone who needs to hear this <laughs> right now, you know, that was an incredibly impactful line and profound sentence there, whether some people realize it or not and parallel. So unfortunately, similarly to some people in the real world, you know, and just in whatever scenarios there are. And I don't know. So what do we think? Do we think, do we, do you sympathize with beta? Do you not? Why, why not? And do you think bam, do you think bam is correct in his statements? Well, yeah. I think, I think, well, Obviously, Bam is correct with what he says because that is it does follow um, Beta and his motives. However, you can, in a sense, see where Beta is coming from because obviously the kid's just been fucked up since he was ex in existence. You know, he was raised in this like experimental project simulation type deal where pretty much he was getting poked and prodded for his entire existence. And yeah, you're going to come out a little fucked up, especially if they're blending him with different people, essentially, or like different entities. We don't even know at this point. And it's like, yeah, he's going to be all sorts of fucked up. And it does, in a sense, for me, make his his ideals for why he's pitting everything against Bam. I understand why he is saying these things and doing these things, although it isn't right, obviously, because what Bam says is the truth of the matter, where it's like you have all this pent-up anger of everything that has ever happened to you, 
and you're just not aiming it in the right direction. You're really just trying to get it out on somebody else and just really try to like blow off your own anger and whatever else is just bubbling up inside of you because you've had to hold it in for so long. You know, he hasn't left that whole experiment, that like whole laboratory until, you know, a couple chapters ago. Like he's been in there this whole time, not able to release any anger, not able to talk to anybody essentially. Like he hasn't, he hasn't been able to like get himself out there so, of course, he's going to turn to the next thing that everybody's really just, like, hooing and hawing on and just try to fucking take it all out on him. And it's your fault. You know, you're the you're the reason why this happened to me and all this has happened in existence. When in reality, someone like Bam just needs to sit him down and tell him the truth. Where it's like, no, it's not me. It's the people that have done this to you. And you need to, like, actually face it and realize this fact. Because otherwise, you're just going to hurt everybody around you. And then everybody's going to be depressed and upset just like you. And nothing nothing constructive comes out of it at the end. So it was good hearing it from Ban. Good emotional maturity. What was What's interesting about this is with Bam saying this, and you just needed someone to hate. And obviously understanding the emotional like state of Beta, it really makes me curious to on how much Bam has reflected on himself, especially with Rachel and everything that has happened, because obviously that was one of the like drawbacks from Bam was that he didn't have that yep. like emotional stability or even like mental capacity to understand the situation he was in, the situation he was put in, and then had to deal with it accordingly. And now it looks like he's starting to pick up on other people's emotions and their motives, motives for their emotions. So I really wonder when the tables are turned and he has to confront her in a sense or whatever it is that he's going to like move forward to see her. Cause obviously he's going to want to where he is going to stand on, where he's just going to stand in general. Is he going to realize everything that's Rachel done? Is he going to forgive her? Is he going to hold it against her? Is he just going to like play the ignorant card and just like it never happened? It didn't exist. You know, you're still yeah. my one and only. That is what I'm curious to see, especially out of this development that we got on the last chapter. A hundred percent. I, I, yeah, 100%. That is my biggest thing is it was very interesting hearing Bam say this um, because it relates and hits a lot more personally uh, at home to Bam um, then most of these characters, Rachel is the only reason Bam is here at all to begin with. He literally would not have come into this tower if Rachel didn't go into the tower first. And so for Bam to sort of have this emotional mature moment of like, no, you're not the one, like you are angry, I'm, but that's not my problem. Like you, the problem here is that you are upset and feel the world has wronged you and you needed someone to put that on. That person isn't me. That is also exactly the character arc that Bam has gone through with Rachel. That is exactly Rachel's crucial character flaw here is that she's upset at the world that she is not this super, you know, ultra powerful, you know, important irregular. Um, she needs people to hate. And, and so as by crux, that is everybody, right? Bam included, because Bam is sort of the epiphany of everything that Rachel wants. So it's interesting. I think it's going to be very important to see how Bam responds to Beta and what the ultimate conclusion of this moment is here. Um, because I think, if anything, it'll give us some pretty good insight into where he's at mentally with what he is prepared to do when he meets Rachel. Um, like, you brought up the fact of, like, is it going to, will it be a thing? Because we know, you know, he says it a couple chapters ago that he definitely, obviously, wants to confront Rachel mm -hmm. again. He needs that closure. Um, because she's done so many terrible things. I mean, she's quite literally fucked up his life, you know what I mean, as far as the track he's been on since uh, that moment. But it's like, again, what he does 
in this moment, I think is very important because it's like, bam, I think quite literally in a uh, smaller scale, if you want to call it that, or, or just a different version is looking at his own problems, right? I mean, this could be Rachel, right? If, if we go, you know, X amount of chapters ahead, um, this is what Rachel needs to hear. And he's the one that she needs to hear it from. And so I, I think this hit so hard for me because it's like hearing Bam's, I mean, again, it's like putting up the mirror, you know, where it's like, this is a problem that Bam, this is not a problem that Bam is unfamiliar with. And I think uh, amongst many of the other people in tower, scientists, you know, whoever, um, I think is why Bam had to ultimately be the one to sort of come to this final, you know, conflict with Beta because he, while not agreeing with and, and uh, or vouching, let's say, for Beta's anger, um, knows what this kind of person is. He knows this kind of person. He's seen this kind of person before. Um, I would even argue that in a weird way, you know, not in the typical, uh, like, romantic sense, but that he's loved a person like this before. So I think it's, again, it's going to, I'm very curious to see where their, like, you know, how, how their relationship plays out. What is the conclusion of this, right? Um, because I think, again, it'll just, it'll give us very good insight into where Bam uh, you know, character arc wise is going to go forward. Um, I personally kind of just say fuck him with beta. Um, I, you know, I get the whole backstory and I think it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's like a shitty situation to be in. Um, but I don't know. I think even in this series alone, I've seen characters handle getting a shittier end of the stick better, um, where he just kind of seems to be like this angry kid for the sake of being angry. And I think that the things that, at least for me, that did it in for me as far as like sympathizing with him is these moments where it's very clear that he, again, mirroring, you know, Rachel's character so much, he doesn't want to understand why he's in pain. He just wants other people to be in pain with him. Mm-hmm. And that's not a sign. It's an obvious sign of not growing and it's a sign of destructive behavior. Yeah. And I think that's one thing if he's going to sit in his cage and sort of like just scream at the world about it. But the second you go outside, the second you start interacting with people, the second you start killing people, the second you start putting your own actions in the world. Now it's not all on the scientist, dude. You have to take responsibility for like the actions and things you're doing. The scientist made you the way you are. But make no mistake, you're not being mind control. You killed those people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I fail ultimately to sympathize with him because while I understand the things he went through and they're traumatic, it's like, Beta, the, these people didn't, these people made you, they took away your life. But I almost feel in a weird way like you becoming the monster didn't start until you gave up on any possibility of getting any semblance of that life back. Thousand percent. That's some deep shit, Isaiah. Very good. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, and I I don't really sympathize with Beta um, much. I understand it. You know, I, I understand why. But again, there are people mm-hmm. in real life scenarios, you know, that that are mirrored um, to this. And I think, again, the biggest thing, because these guys have kind of summed it up already in, um, you know, better form than I could. But I think at the end of the day, he suffers from the same thing that Rachel does in the sense that if you're comparing like Rachel to Wang Nan and then Beta to Bam, where it's like, you know, Wang Nan or Bam are given a very terrible situation to deal with, or especially Bam and, and Wang Nan being more powerless. And, you know, rather than trying to claw everyone down to where they are, they're trying to climb, you know, to to meet them there instead of meeting them down below. You know, it's it's more about chasing that ideal and good, that goodness, you know, and that meaning and that, uh, you know, that, that, perfection i guess but in but in almost like a a holy sense you know what i mean that like they're trying to ascend this ladder of life and make everything 
make things good, you know, try and pursue the highest good and meet others that are already ahead of you at the top and learn from them. Whereas you take your bam, or I'm sorry, you take your beta um, or your Rachel and beta in terms of the shitty upbringing and Rachel in terms of the powerlessness. And, you know, they mirror each other in the sense that instead of rising up, they want to drag everyone down mm -hmm. to where they are. And I think that is the major flaw. It's like the, these people are, are kind of two sides of the same coin in a weird sense, you know what I mean? And, and because of the decisions they made kind of, and how they've interpreted and how they've reacted to the experiences that life has given to them has put them in the position that they are in now. And, you know, there is justification to be angry, but there's not justification to act out that anger in order that you're making everybody else's life miserable along with you now. Cause now you're not providing to a better good. You're just making everything worse, you no. know? So it's like, 100%. I don't sympathize with him uh, in that. Right. And quite frankly, fuck beta <laughs> just in general. <laughs> yeah. I never liked him anyway. And like, I hated that mindset just in general. And then especially when he stabbed Wang Nan, I was like, all right, yeah, it's yeah. Over. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you dude. Like if you, if, like if you even had this much of a chance in my mind of coming yeah. back, you fucking yeah. blew that dude. That's the second you did I, yeah. that, you know, you're just axing I everyone do. who's innocent. It's in the like, meantime, we already like, weren't at 50 percent yeah. but and now you just fucking you know another thing that pisses me off with him what i was gonna say is that he uses the excuse of all these dead people all the people that have died because of you bam all the people have died and it's like he's standing and spitting on the graves of all the people who actually actually felt pain and suffering in service of this and it's not that he feels for them it's that he wants to hate the people that are above him and again, drag him down. It's not about this. I care for those less fortunate than me. Yeah. It's that I'm resentful of those more fortunate than me. Mm -hmm. And it's just abundantly clear in the sense that he's, he will say it's your fault. All these innocent people died, but then we'll just slaughter. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. anyone who's Do weaker than thing. him yeah. in that given moment, just to spite bam, you know, or whoever. Yeah. Right. And like, to me, that's where it's just like you, you, you had your chance, dude. And like I would, you know, Hopefully that's not saying like had your chance and is like, okay, now you, you know, you, you have to die and everything. Cause then it's like, okay, how much better am I, am I than he is <laughs> right? Like I would hope that there's a way that he could be pulled from that abyss and, you know, find repentance, I guess, for, yeah, for yeah. the things that the atrocities that he's committed and hopefully, you know, put himself towards a traje trajectory towards a better life. But he has to be willing to want to do that and want to get better. Yep. And when you've been pulled so far into that darkness, it's very hard to claw yourself out. Because the farther you go in, the harder it gets. And the more enmeshed you are in that, in that side of things. And so I don't, I don't have high hopes for his character at all in that sense. Um, I mean, it can be done. And there are people that have come back from the brink of hell. Um, but, you know, I hope he would. But I don't. In the meantime, I don't, I don't sympathize. Yeah, I think, I I, yeah, I think again, like sort of what I was saying at the beginning, like there, something's gonna specific is gonna have to happen with between Bam and Beta. I yeah. think for Beta to yeah. even you know consider the possibility yeah, of like yeah. changing his ways or coming yeah. around. And if Bam um, was able to do that, which again, if anyone could, I think it'd be him. You know that again, just to test how pure of heart and you know amazing bam is as an individual that he's able to if he can pull someone that far meshed into that darkness out that speaks volumes because yeah. <laughs> there are very few people 100%. on planet earth or just in general <laughs> that can do that you yeah. know what i mean on that level so 
Anyway, that's all the talking points we have for you guys today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our discussion. You're enjoying Tower of God and you're enjoying our live streams of the read-throughs if you guys are watching those. Again, if you haven't seen those already, definitely check those out. It's a lot of laughs. It's a lot of fun. Join the community Discord so you can voice your opinion, talk with some of the folks in the community, and make some new friends. Hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash AOA show. Social media as well. Description down below, both personal and for the show. You can hit us up on audio-only platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, etc. If you're already listening on one of those platforms and you're not following yet, please consider throwing a follow and goes a long way. And obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you guys are liking. Smash that like button so it turns blue. Subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of our future live streams or posts. Share with your friends and comment your thoughts down below. What did you think of our discussion today and what do you think of Tower of God? But anyway, folks, until next time, thank you so much for listening. We will catch you on the flip. Peace. Later. Peace. Screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though. Who likes seeing parts fly?